Welcome to another episode of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland in Los Angeles. Cynthia, how's it going? We ready to roll? We got your extended rest here. I know. You no, know, I got my extended by. rest. I'm stretched. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's good. I'm ready to go. Let's go. All right. So with that being said, you know how we start this podcast every week. Heads or tails? I'm just gonna assume and say that you go tails. Tails never fails. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stick with it. Super loyal. All right. Wow, that was a pretty big flip that we just had here on my computer screen, and it is a tails. Congratulations, Cynthia. You have won again. And by the way, tails, tails has definitely won more times than heads each time we've done this podcast. Just putting that out there. So, with that being said, would you like to start with the Buffalo Bills offense or the Jets offense? I would like to start with the Jets offense, please. All right. So we will definitely start with the Jets offense. This is our first quarter. Let's go right to under center because that's where the big news is. Earlier today, the day that we record, Wednesday, Robert Sala said that Mike White would indeed start for the Jets against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have a very good passing defense, Cynthia. What do you make of this matchup? So I like to look at what's been going right over the past two games. And if you look to see the Jets scoring 30 plus points and finished with more than 480 total yards in both of their weeks, eight and nine games with a lot of uncertainty at quarterback is a really big, good, happy sign. We've seen the Bills defense not necessarily look that with a win last week that the Jaguars had was weird, but it wasn't like their defense got destroyed by any measure of the imagination, but it is, it does have holes in it and they're pressuring quarterbacks at a pretty good rate. And that's going to be the trenches are going to be really important in this game, but we've seen the jets be able to scheme open, especially receivers. And of course, Michael Carter from and running backs in general to be able to kind of sort of exploit holes in where they could potentially have areas of areas of gain for the jets. Cynthia, Corey Davis just spoke to the media. Sounds like he's going to be a full go. How much of a benefit would that be to Mike White? Because he didn't play with Corey Davis against Cincinnati when he threw for 400 yards. Yeah, so it's always better to have the good players on the field. Math, math facts, right? So as many good players as possible is going to be excellent. When you look to see how the secondary for the Bills is constructed, They've got two awesome safeties. And then Tredavious White is also very good. However, they've got something on that other side the team's been able to find some holes in. So I think if you put Corey Davis, who's a seasoned vet, he understands how to find those and exploit those mismatches. That does nothing but help him and the other pass catchers. And also that Bill's secondary, Taron Johnson in concussion protocol. We'll see what his status is Sunday when these two teams play at MetLife. And let's, uh, you know, I don't know if this is considered the passing game. I guess technically it is, so I'll loop it in there. We've talked about a lot on this podcast, the the short passes to the running backs, whether that's in the flat, a screen, out wide, whatever it is, dumping the ball off. For a team like the Bills, who really pride in stopping the pass, how beneficial or how critical are these running backs like Michael Carter and Ty Johnson, specifically against this type of defense? The, the, the best thing that you can look at, look, you got to look at Tremaine Edmonds for the Bills, right? Where does he line up? Watch him as you're watching each of the different plays. And then you're going to see the opposite side is where teams have had success targeting running backs to exploit where you have a little bit of space, like where you could put either of the running backs here in the pass catching game. So interestingly enough, like 
just watch Tremaine. He, he doesn't give it away, but he gives away what they think, what Leslie Frazier is anticipating that the opposing offense is going to do. So it's an interesting note there. I think sometimes you look at Tremaine Edmonds and people don't understand. He's kind of like a more of like a multi-purpose guy than, and he doesn't have like these tons of stats that look like sacks or that look like coverage numbers for other linebackers. So it's an interesting one. So watch him. And then that's where the opportunity lies. And I, I'm not the only one who knows this. I know that, you know, the people who construct the Jets offense, they know that too. So that's what I would look for them to be most effective. Stay away from Tremaine. (laughs) You know, what's crazy about Tremaine Edmonds to me though, Cynthia is, He's 22 years old and he's been in this defense four years already. It's just that that is like, I understand how young the athletes are that play the game, but he's really like the youngest of the young, but he's old in NFL years or getting in his prime in NFL years. And let's wrap up the first quarter with some Elijah Moore, one of the Jets rookies who really starred in training camp. Then he kind of cooled off a little bit, had the quad injury, slow start to the year. Post bye though, post bye week for the Jets, he's really taken off in the last week. He had his first receiving touchdown in the NFL. He had two total touchdowns, career high in receptions and receiving yards. What do you like about more? Well, Daniel Jeremiah, who's a colleague of mine at the NFL Network, when he says he loves a rookie and to like really watch the fit with this offense, like I double, triple check it, you know, obviously before they got drafted, but then once the fit was established, I watched again. And interestingly enough, the area that DJ identified that Elijah Moore would make the difference you saw it in this last game. He had five of his five of six receptions, five of six targets of 10 plus air yards. So downfield passes were hauled in. That was the source of both of his touchdowns, making him the only rookie to have more than 75 receiving yards and two touchdowns in a single game. That surpasses even Jamar Chase. So this is a really promising thing for a deeper pass and growth moving forward. And also that comes really into focus against this Bills defense that ranks atop the NFL, not only in total yards, but in passing yards. That was our first quarter. Let's move on to the second quarter here. I spoke with Chris Brown, not the artist, but the Bills team reporter. You know, very similar name, obviously the same name. It's kind of like Michael Carter, Michael Carter, although they're both football players. And the Chris (laughs) Browns that we're talking about here, one's one's a team reporter for the Bills in upstate or western New York, and the other one is an artist, probably lives out by you in L.A. So, With that being said, Chris Brown said that perhaps the, not weakness, but if you want to attack this defense, the Bills defense, you attack it through the ground. And for the Jets, that means Michael Carter. That means Ty Johnson. The return of Tevin Coleman looks like it's going to happen this Sunday. The Jets ran the ball effectively against the Bengals, semi-effectively against the Colts. What do you make of this Bills front seven? And do you think that the Jets should try to exploit them if possible? Absolutely. I loved when you watched what the Jets to create space in the middle of the line when they pull the guards and then the center of that defense opened up. And that's the type of thing where the Bills have had some problems. They allowed teams to kind of handle that A gap really well. So the obviously the two the two lanes that are on either side of the center. So usually this season we've seen a lot of outside looks. Outside the tackles, rushes has been like the, the, the trend kind of league-wide and for this team as well. But if we can find some inside rush success, that's a good formula for mixing it up. So then the play action can develop off of that. And then those outside zone can fall. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they target the middle of the line and not necessarily rely only on those outside runs. Cynthia, obviously you dive so deep into the numbers every week for every team, but I'm curious, and maybe, maybe there's not a number for this, but, 
Chris Brown, to go back to him, kept talking about the continuity of this Bills defense, how everybody's played together for three or four years. Is there a tangible number for something like that? And if there is not, what have you seen from this defense just with your own eyes in terms of that aspect? They're a really well-constructed defense. In fact, this is what the kind of the Jets defense will likely look like in a few years, meaning when this regime has its chance to really create, like, by the way, they've done a great job picking rookies. So adding to that year and year and bringing in some veteran presence, because when you look at the Bills defense and the continuity that you're talking about, they do add in some rookies. I mean, Gregory Rousseau was obviously an edge defender that they added. And then Boogie Basham, he was inactive in the last game, but he also, they doubled down on the same strategy, meaning they brought the same position in, in rounds one and rounds two of their draft. So they're adding strategic pieces in younger pieces in specific areas. And that really helps them create, like, they know where each other are, like the looks are the same. They know how the blitz formations work, the packages for, that's why you see, look, if you look at, if you're going to go watch, like, who are the Bills? Watch them play the Chiefs. They didn't blitz Patrick Mahomes once. You're not really supposed to blitz Patrick Mahomes. And then where do they put their safeties, right? On the back end, they understand each other and they work together really well. So that's kind of, they've got that nice older and younger and older kind of together situation going, which is likely where the Jets will be in just a couple of years. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, two very good safeties for the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, remember a couple of years ago they drafted a lot of players up front, namely Ed Oliver, who seems to be coming on as of late. But – Let's wrap up the second quarter before we head into halftime, focusing on Ty Johnson, because I feel like Michael Carter gets a lot of the love in the Jets' backfield, but Ty Johnson has scored a receiving touchdown in each of his last two games on pretty short, on like intermediate to short passes. And I'm curious what you make of Ty Johnson's ascension over the past couple weeks, and could he be one of those guys that maybe the Jets lean on Sunday? Yeah, I definitely think – all of the available running backs will be leaned on. So when I look to see Ty Johnson specifically, and you look at when Mike White first started, and there was a lot of short, quick passes to get things going, that's a smart strategy against the Bills because short and quick passes are how you escape pressure. The Bills' defense is bringing good pressure. They brought good pressure last season too, but this season they're backing that pressure up with the back end supporting the front. So obviously that means it's more impactful pressure. So that's just pressuring quarterbacks. They're pressuring quarterbacks, and it's disrupting the pass. In this case, the, all of the different looks from the running backs are meant to create confusion and to create different opportunities for the quarterback. So Mike White, we saw short, quick passes were the foundation, which means it's the same as the run. It's A lot of coaches will actually you know, use like these shorter, like these passes that are you know, screen pass, for example. They'll, that counts as a run in their book. So using that versatility is absolutely key, and Ty Johnson is – as versatile as they come, just as versatile as Michael Carter. It's just, you know, I don't know why we choose to talk about who we choose to talk about, but, you know, Michael Carter probably week eight performance was really the reason we probably talked about him a little bit more. Absolutely. And that's a half. That's how we put a bow on the first half there. That was a good first half. Now that we're in halftime, is there anything that you want to bring to the, to the 
I guess, what would it be? The drawing board, cutting room floor, whatever you want to bring up. You got anything? Well, of course. When I'm looking at – so I, I went back and I watched that Thursday night matchup with the Colts a lot, right? And I and I was really interested to see – that was a, an interesting game for a lot of reasons. But I loved the 10-plus air yard. This is the best the Jets have done on downfield passes, so anything that's 10-plus air yards down the field. Since next-gen stats started tracking, this is the best they've done. And that was with not just not your first-round draft pick quarterback, not just – Mike White, who's the replacement for the, but this is, it was incredible. So I will say the play, and that's a good defense. The Colts have a good defense. So there's a lot to like, especially in those downfield looks and the different formations. It feels like when you watch, and I've, I've not asked any of the players this, but they get it. Like, it's like the concepts are sticking. They're finding spaces and separation when they weren't before. So I think there's a lot to like in that. And the fact that you can do it with like, it's like, Oh, which, which quarterback you want? Like, Obviously, nobody wants that in general, but the fact that it could happen is is wonderful. Cynthia is so excited about this Jets offense and Mike White that I thought we were going to have another like, hot take about a sandwich. And and Cynthia's like, you know what? We're keeping it football in halftime. No, I, I want talk like a about signed Mike White. Mike, I'm like all in on Mike White. Like I want like a signed Mike White like picture for my. I'm not at home today because we're doing this at a little bit different time because right. we wanted to make sure we knew which quarterback was starting. But I feel like for my home set, I need like a signed Mike White photo. He is no DeBrickashaw Ferguson because that's my favorite, but it's, we're getting there. We're getting there. You know, I think uh, you just put that out in the air. We might have to pass along this vi personalized Mike, video Mike, message. Mike, 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 Yeah. Okay. I'm that, in. Uh, Cynthia was cheering that from her home in LA during the Bengals game, along with the Jets fans at MetLife Stadium. Get to MetLife Stadium this November and see your New York Jets host two big divisional matchups. On Sunday, November 14th at 1 p.m., the Jets square off against the Buffalo Bills. This game will also be the annual Salute to Service celebration. And then on Sunday, November 21st at 1 p.m., the Jets take on the Miami Dolphins presented by ShopRite. Lock in your single game or group tickets today at nyjets.com tickets. True or false? I mean, who that, doesn't that happen, right? I was like hiding under a blanket and like so excited. I was like, I just love <laughs> this guy's story. I know that the players love him. You can see on the sideline, like all of the, the entire team, like what fun was that? Like I'm all in. So I like me some Mike White. Mike White back in the saddle for the Jets, which is good news considering he only played one series or two series for the Jets against the Indianapolis Colts. Now let's go up or let's talk about this Bills offense. A little more of an established quarterback for the Bills than Mike White, and that's Josh Allen. Let's start there. Let's start with the Bills passing offense for our third quarter presented by Homefield IT. Josh Allen, I mean, we know about the talent. Feels like the receiving core is mostly intact from last year. Yeah, Adam Emmanuel Sanders. Last week, though, what happened through to the Buffalo Bills offense, Cynthia? The Bills go by way of pressure. When I went to break this down, they obviously lost their first game against the Steelers, and the Steelers' defensive front brought disproportionate pressure. The breakpoint number looks to be right around 28% for Josh Allen. So in their losses, he's been pressured, especially early, on about a third of his dropbacks, which is a lot, right? So it looks to me like that pressure, because look at what Brian Dable's doing, or maybe what he's not doing. He's not running the football. Look at the game script. The game script is, Pass, 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 pass. There's no runs there. 
And the interesting part, and when they when Josh Allen takes off, those are scrambles and not typically designed quarterback runs. So that is a high risk, high reward situation. It typically has been paying off for them, but it's going to be interesting to see if they take that same tax against the Jets because it does have a big downside. If it doesn't work, then you get into a strange hole. And if they're able to keep bringing pressure, like we saw the Jags bring like four different, you know, players had like some crazy number of pressures and the Jags, Josh Allen had like, he hit some trifecta of like, you know, the first player in NFL history to sack intercept, you know, tackle for loss, a player of the same name. So, you know, they were really like, they, they created a lot of pressure. This isn't a great defense. The Jags defense isn't a great defense. So that was, but every team's good, right? Like there's, there's the difference between team one and team 32 in the NFL isn't as big as it feels, but it's interesting. It's all about pressure. That O-line did not protect Josh Allen and it did not look good. And they could not create the first downs that they needed. And that offensive line had some shuffling pieces, still continuing to shuffle a little bit. We'll see what the status is, particularly of Spencer Brown, who played weeks four through six on the right side at right tackle. Have you seen, like, Spencer Brown um, is like six foot 100. I think he's actually like six, seven. (laughs) But but the thing is, is he'll, he projects to be good. Like they, in their draft, they, then they went tackle and then went tackle again because they, so they first did two defensive ends and then they did tackle, tackle. And big body, like huge, like people. But the thing is, is if they don't get, if they can, if they get an edge rusher that gets has their number, he couldn't adapt. They, he couldn't adapt. Like they can't adapt. So Spencer, Spencer has been an interesting one for to, for me. Once he gets it, he should be very good. But right. it will be interesting to see. Spencer Brown, I remember this from doing our pre-draft series with Dane Brugler of the Athletic, and it's in his in his draft guide. He refers to Spencer Brown's frame as a massive oak door. Would you say that is a fair assessment? Um, yes, and Brian Baldinger, I believe, called him a brick bleep house. <laughs> okay, all right. We, we, got all, we got all different ways to describe the physique of Spencer Brown. I'm excited to see what he looks like on the sideline because he is one of the largest human beings in the NFL. And that says something because to me, as somebody who's not very big, all NFL players are pretty large to me. So with that being said, let's talk about this Jets defensive line before we head into the fourth quarter and really talk about the pass rush for this Jets defense, because Jets defense ever since they played the Tennessee Titans and the Bengals um, was maybe a little bit of an outlier here. They haven't gotten the same amount of pressure as they did in the beginning parts of the season. Obviously, teams start to scheme for that. But after last week's performance against the Colts, do you envision the Jets' defensive line coming out with a little more steam? Yeah, I mean, first of all, a credit needs to go to the Colts' O-line because this is a very – that's like a top five, three, two. We'll see where they net out at the end of the season. But that's a very, very good O-line. And they have very, very strong run concepts with a very talented running back, which helps everything out, right? So it's not necessarily as much of a ding for the Jets as it is that O-line is just very, very good. So at the end of the day, I think it will look somewhere in between. I mean, the Bengals have a bad O-line, and they make up for it with great with great passing situations from Joe Burrow. But you know, it's it's this, they're somewhere in between on this one. If you get if you catch the Bills on the wrong day, they're very susceptible to you know pass protection breakdowns and not being as strong. And the Jet, so we'll see because I we'll see where everyone nets out in this one. This is to me that is the key to this game. 
The key to this game lies in the trenches and most especially when on the, the Jets defensive side, or sorry, the Jets offensive side, the Bills pass rushing side. And then we will see what happens. That was our third quarter presented by Home Field IT. Let's wrap up in the fourth quarter with this Bills rushing offense. You alluded to it earlier. The Bills don't really run the ball outside of Josh Allen. Devin Singletary is their leading rusher in terms of yards. He's got 12 yards, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's got a casual 12 yards. You know, it's close, though. Over the last four games, Devin Singletary has averaged six rushing attempts and 24 yards per game, which really shows what you said earlier. They don't run the ball a whole lot, but do you, like, is this one of those situations where Brian Dable might be like, you know what? Like, no one's expecting us to run, so we're going to try and run. Like, do you think that could happen? And what's gone wrong there? You know, the funny part is, yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I, I think that a strong, like a very high, the, the way to win football games is not sexy. It is to have a really good defense, have a strong run game that gets you controlling possessions and then be able to complete deep plays. It's not the sexiest formula, but it's the highest probability one. So it's strange for me that they've been almost abandoning the run. And, you know, before Doxon Knox was injured, they were relying on him as like, he was playing like a, he was even picking up blitzes like where a running back would typically pick up a blitz. So it's a bit, and they have a fullback, which is confounding, right? So the interesting part here is you have the full, maybe we'll see more, but you know, ever since, and obviously Zach Moss is may or may not be playing. Um, so that will be an interesting one too. I, I've seen a couple of times where they've run like draws and strange situations, like inexplicable ones. They ran a draw against the chiefs, but Zach Moss like barreled through Daniel Sorensen. You're not gonna be able to barrel through CJ Mosley. Like it, it, it's just a it's a bad value proposition. So I'm I'm confused. I am I'm, I'm looking at it and I maybe they've like over engineered it in their head. Something that I do. I'm a math person, so I can over I can overthink something too. And I think they're just not keeping it simple. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. I overthink just not when it comes to football, analytics, or math in general. It's more like just day-to-day BS. But with that being said, with the – we got to talk about Josh Allen, though, as a runner, right? We talked about him as a passer. We know about Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. They had Emmanuel Sanders. That's the passing offense. Josh Allen as a runner, he, he's uh, what Robert Sala called him a modern-day Ben Roethlisberger. Do you agree with that statement? Well, first of all, did you see Ben Roethlisberger run on Monday night? Lord, that Can don't you call it, can you call it a run? I think it, it was like a there. scoot. I don't know if yeah. he's still, I don't know if he's done running yet. Like it was crazy. I would say a lot of people used to use the analogy of Josh Allen to Ben Roethlisberger because they came from a small school and, or a smaller school, like Josh Allen is Wyoming. It's a big enough school, but say Miami of Ohio for Roethlisberger. But I don't know. I think he, to be honest with you, he has more notes of like Cam Newton than he does of, of Ben Roethlisberger to me, because he does have a big arm, but, so did Cam. And remember when Cam was in his prime, I mean, Cam was like, and, and to look at the size comparisons, 
Josh mm. Allen is built like a defensive end. So it's not – and Ben Roethlisberger has weird proportions, and he always has. Like ben, Josh Allen has a thicker base, meaning like his hips and his knees. Guys like Russell Wilson have thicker bases. It helps actually – people with thicker bases tend to get injured less often, especially if they run, which is important if you're going to run as often as – Josh Allen does, but you know, it's, it's an interesting note. And I don't know. I, I think he's more of like a, more like what cam body wise. And like his, you know, if, if I were fielding a basketball team, you know, like the, he's a three, I guess. Right. Like, so, you know, it's, it's more of a power forward. Right. So like that's a small forward power forward, three, four kind of anyways. So that's where I would put him, you know, in, in general. So it's just more interesting I think his runs are more when he gets it going correctly and he can see the field very well, it is very hard to stop Josh Allen rushing. And you also just have to account for him. Like when he breaks contain and if you're playing man coverage and he just kind of escapes and he gets 10 yards and he does that, you know, X amount of times a game, it's something that he's going to have to keep an eye on or all the Jets defense will have to keep an eye on. I'll be tracking said, the amount of zone versus man looks because are they going to hmm. dare him to run? You know, like, are they going to dare like right. try to, force it because they're clearly not using Devin Singletary to run. So are you just going to dare Josh Allen to run? Is that the strategy? And I'm, I'm, this is an interesting one. And this is going to be an interesting chess match for years to come. So I'm, I like this one. I, th- I think that one's one to really watch. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm also just like on a, on a personal level, I have not spoken to him yet, but I wonder what this game is going to be like for CJ Mosley because CJ Mosley in 2019, the year he signs with the jets, he played in essentially one game. It was, or essentially a half of a game. It was against the bills. He said it was the best game of his career up until that point. And now he's making his return to the, to the NFL this season, right? He's had a great year for the jets, especially against the run. Now he's facing the team that he got hurt in, in 2019. It's coming full circle. I like the story. That's all I wanted to say. So, and the CJ Mosley, Josh Allen chess match. I think that's going to be a fun one. Um, yeah, like I said, you're going to dare him to run or or not? Like, I don't know. We'll see. And we'll find out on Sunday. That was the fourth quarter. So or the game's over, but don't worry. We got bonus coverage here on the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet because we're going to overtime. So with that being said, Cynthia, if you got any more numbers that you want to throw out, anything that catches your eye, or if you got something rogue like a hot take on a sandwich, whatever it is, the floor is yours. Well, I guess I have to say, I didn't. First of all, I didn't realize how close we are to Thanksgiving. Like, when did that happen? Yeah. All of a sudden, it's two weeks away. Two, whatever, <laughs> a little less than two weeks. My goodness, that's crazy. And I guess I want to know from you, what is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm not avoiding the question. I'm just thinking. So let, let's go through the thought process here. Here, here's my biggest issue. Okay. And that I, I we'll just go with this. I've have not hosted a Thanksgiving in my lifetime. So I feel okay. like what I would put out there would be different than what I have consumed throughout the course of my life in Thanksgiving. Now at the Thanksgivings I've attended before we had the main meal, there are always pigs in a blanket that circle the family room, the TV room. And I am always looking forward to pigs in a blanket. Now, outside of that, if we're talking about the main meal, what was offered to me, I'd probably go stuffing. So that, stuffing that's where I lie. Yeah, okay. Yes. Is, is that your stuffing. answer too? 
Yeah. So I like I in in life I don't like leftovers. I understand. This is the thing, another thing. No <laughs> sandwiches. No leftovers. Okay. I'm a very difficult whatever. But the best I do like Thanksgiving leftovers, and I like to mix them all together in like a. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Like when you have like the sweet potato and the stuffing and the green bean casserole. I'm in. I'm in. I'm getting excited for Thanksgiving already. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to need a big Thanksgiving uh, breakdown on the closer edition of the Game Preview Podcast. But that was a fun little teaser leading up to a couple of weeks. I, I agree with you, though. Like, where did the time go? I feel like yesterday we're talking about training camp. We did our first episode of the podcast, and now it's November 10th, and we're How? closer to 2022. How is it so close? To, like, what is going It's almost the end of the year. Ugh. It's a mess. Anyways, well, once, a mess. once week one hits... I mean, it's might as well you go to bed, you wake up, it's 2022, and the you Super Bowl is taking place. I can't get off this pod without telling you one thing I really don't like. Daylight saving. Okay. Why? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's the worst. It There's, like, this whole study, this, like, you know, this University of Pennsylvania professor, this Wharton professor, like, shows you, like, productivity loss, more injuries, more whatever, all this stuff. I'm over it. I want to be done with it. Maybe I need to move. Like, there's a few states that don't participate. They feel, I feel like they got it right. What is this? So silly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, like, what time does it de- get dark in California? Here it's like 4.30. It's awful. I, like, before I go home. Like, I don't even, yeah. I don't even know. Like, it's the worst. I'm not, in, I don't know. I'm not into that at all. Yeah. And also, like, it, I understand it might be nice when you wake up and there's some sunlight. But, like, you're wasting sunlight. Like, what are we doing here, people? You know what I mean? You wake up. Like, I'm fine waking up and it's dark, right? I'm waking up. I feel like the world has already woken up and I'm still asleep. I'm still groggy. Now, or before daylight savings, you know, the world is waking up with me, right? We both rise around the same time. I'm a a fan of that. So, uh, that was a good little spiel. I I needed that. I'm with you. No more daylight savings. I didn't didn't know I needed to say this, but I needed it. So, thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm glad we could could really put that to rest here. I think that's a great way to wrap up this edition of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet Jets, Bills, Sunday, MetLife Stadium. Cynthia, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Sounds good.